0: Hello, everybody. This is Tom Harrison and Ken Krogh with the Eternal Core Podcast. Today, we've got Maurice Harker from Life Changing Services. We just met Maurice a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to learn more about your program. Tell us about you know, how you got started in this and, 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 and a little bit about your program that you're doing.
1: Okay. Um, let's see. I started out as a clinician with LDS Family Services. And um, as I started to discover the diversity of needs there, as well as uh, long-term, I was wanting to be um, at work with myself, by myself. It was never intended to become a massively large organization. I just wanted to help people and provide a few services. Um, and so, well, I hear uh, it's getting larger pretty quick. Um, we are <laughs> um, having growth strains, yes, not growth yes. pains. <laughs> um, learning how to serve the thousands of people that we serve now um, per week. But um, we, uh, d- we call it life-changing services because simply we just want to change lives. We just want to make a difference. And we like the line upon line, just baby steps as necessary. And so let's teach you something, teach you something. And over time, we've learned that um, in addition to individual therapy and marriage therapy, that sometimes a less expensive, team-oriented, group-oriented, some kind of a classroom-oriented services can be very powerful. Originally, I wanted to focus on marriage therapy. Um, I have eight brothers, as (laughs) I mentioned earlier. And... No sisters, and a strong affinity towards young men and their phase of life. And as I, was doing, as I was doing pre-mission assessments for LDS Family Services, the reoccurring need for something that would help them bridge that sexual self-mastery issue that was causing many yeah. of them to be delayed. Um, One-on-one therapy was inadequate for them because they would often have that sensation of, I'm still the only one with this problem. And only the really messed up young men have this problem. So I've pre-categorized myself into someone who probably can't go on a mission. And I just kept thinking about if they could just meet each other. If they could just meet each other. Yeah. And, Community. Yeah, and, and also it eliminates like, shame and confusion. And the most common thing that happens when a young man enters one of our Sons of Helaman meetings is the surprise of how normal the guys are that are there. And it's not uncommon for them to go, wait a minute, you look like a seminary class president. Yeah. Wait, you look like someone who's strong in the community. And they're like, wait a minute, I thought only really messed up people have these issues.
2: Yes. And immediately that starts changing their conceptualization yes. of self. And they then can open themselves mm-hmm. to a new understanding mm-hmm. about, hmm, maybe I'm not so bad after all. Yeah, and Maybe I can function differently than what I've, put in my yeah. brain yeah and we've decided to have an
1: open enrollment process which means there's usually only one new guy at a time uh-huh. so there's always a, a there's guys that have been there for eight weeks guys that have been there for four weeks guys 12 weeks and then you have one new guy and he slides right in go and he's the, usually an observer going okay wow this is this is way different than i was what i was expecting because people church leaders and others have asked us how do you create a culture that's not shame based how do you create a culture where there's not some kind of a negative pressure going on Because every other thing that we've seen, the boys are like sneaking in and and trying to like, oh, I don't want anyone to know I'm here. And when these young men come out of your meetings, they're like laughing and playing and goofing off, and the camaraderie is dynamic. And I think some of that comes from the concept that we believe that this is not a you're weak and you're broken and there's something wrong with you issue. We believe in the psychological reality that we have a 7,000-year-old genius named Satan who is intentionally, strategically, trying to mess with their way of processing and because these are the noble and great ones of the final generation it's not mysterious why satan would target them and attempt to convince them it's because there's something wrong with them
2: beautifully well well said well
0: said
1: and so we try to create you mentioned
0: there are steps to help them overcome shame what are some of the 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 you know, best practice of the thought process is that you help them understand about shame if you don't mind me asking
1: no problem um one of the most important things is like first impressions their first experience if the clinician uh, starts the whole conversation with some kind of a sensation of well i'm sad that you're so broken and you're such a uh, such a disappointment to your family okay <laughs> we're we're up a crick already right from the start if you started right. like that right okay but if you treat them like someone who's been fighting valiantly but is bleeding and hurting and scared and you welcome them into your Psychological boot camp and say we can train you We can we can train you on how to understand what's happening here. What's what's going on for you And so we tell them the story of how Satan gets in their head and messes with them Including a concept we call psychological civil war Which is the trick that Satan uses to get you to think that it's you against you That it's your brain against your brain. It's your heart against your own heart the most common comment and and insight that our clients tell us and their parents once they understood that they are not the enemy i'm not the enemy it's not me against me it's me against someone who is intentionally trying to ruin me because i threaten him so the step is the first step is putting the entire battle in context it's you against the enemy who's intimidated by you it's not you being pathetic and once you create that, and because the, the next step is to introduce them to others who already get that concept. And so now that they're all, really? This is what it's like? And then, yeah, this is so you got a 16-year-old explaining to you the importance of that psychological position. They're going, what? A 16-year-old's explained that to me? Yeah, now here's a 14-year-old who can teach it to you also. And here's a 19-year-old that can teach it to you also. And when we have new clinicians that come in to be trained on how to run our groups, we let the teenagers train the therapist for their first wow. few sessions, so the therapist That's is going,
0: refreshing. Oh, it's
1: amazing. <laughs> yeah. The therapists are on the edge of their seat going, What? That's not what I learned in school. They told us don't talk about spiritual things. Don't talk about that. Well, the ethics book says you're supposed to have an understanding of and a validation for the religious background of your clients. And you want to do therapy with someone who's deeply ingrained in their LDS culture or Muslim or whatever it is and pretend it doesn't matter? And pretend you shouldn't include that? If you can't tell, I have some feelings about that.
0: <laughs> no, that's awesome. So where, where are you currently located?
1: All over the place. All over. Okay. But our headquarters is in Farmington. Okay. Uh, Farmington, Utah. Um, we have clinicians um, around the country, um, all over the place, who will do in-person sessions. But the most bizarre thing, about four or five years ago, one of the clinicians came to me and says, can I please run a group on video therapy? Video." screen I'm all I don't love that idea it doesn't I don't know if it'll even work we've been doing that for um, three to four years now and we have no difference in our results really the results of the young men who attend by video are uh, equal to those who attend in person
2: and they're from just anywhere all over the country and they just log on and mm-hmm. and join the session mm-hmm. and, and you found, you men, found right. no difference whatsoever
1: now they have to be committed to that so they don't just show up. Yeah. Of course, there's paperwork and all the different things, so that they make sure. They're, so it's yeah. it's not a support group, because you don't just show up and get support. It's it's a. I've got feelings about that word too. I come from a background where, if you want to get what you want, you have to work for it and be trained. Recovery from se- uh, sexual addiction and or just sexual self mastery is not a. I'm more motivated than the person next to me. It's not I have higher values than the person next to me. It's a training system. You have to get your brain to work right. It's it's, it's just as likely to beat a temptation battle as it is to hit a 90-mile-an-hour curveball. You can want to all you want, but if you haven't been trained, you're not going to hit the ball.
2: Right.
1: Okay? Responding to temptation is a skill, not an attitude. You have to want to, you have to be motivated to, in the same way that an athlete has to, but we train them and we train them and we train them. Our meetings are like a psychological boot camp. So if you came there for a friendly group hug, you're not going to get it. Okay? <laughs> if you're not sweating and like, oh my gosh, what did I just experience? Then you didn't go through a Sons of Human training session or our adult version, Men of Moroni. Now you've got several different programs. I've, I've got your, uh,
0: your, your site on the... T- talk about some of the different groups and programs okay. that you work with.
1: So we started with Sons of Helaman because that was our core issue and my personal dedication to that, my personal commitment is to Sons of Helium. And All the other programs are actually started by other people who came to me and said can we do more? And so um, the Worth group, Women of Rebirth Therapeutic Healing, um, I found myself a little in over my head with the number of wives I was meeting who were traumatized by sexual misbehaviors of their husbands. Hmm. It's now called betrayal trauma. Um, We didn't have that term back then. And so I would do my one-on-ones with them, and I I think my naivety with female psychology actually was to my advantage because I didn't go in with this, I know exactly what you need. I was listening to them, and I was like, wow. And my natural empathy was limited being raised in Idaho with boys. And so listening and listening and listening and listening the same phrase kept going on in my head I need to get these women together I need to create a culture where it's productive and not just a swirl of pain and so we just brought like six of the women together and then we did more and then we did more then we've trained therapists to do more and so now we're serving in the neighborhood of two something like that hundred women per week in the worth group um, with therapists who run those groups Wow. men of Moroni Um, a father came to me who'd been uh, working with some other programs and he um, was not satisfied with the results he was getting. His son was attending Sons of Helaman. And he says, can we create a Sons of Helaman for the fathers? And so I says, I don't have time to do that. So he followed me for six months. And um, we created the Men of Moroni program. That's a replica, It's a, just a duplication of Sons of Helaman, for, but for the adult men. Gotcha. Great. Daughters of Light is, is similar, but for young women and, uh, and uh, adult women who are dealing with sexual self-mastery issues, it's more common than we might think. It's women are actually more ashamed than men are. Um, that's a, bo- go, a guy issue, a boy issue. You shouldn't be dealing with that. Um, the Eternal Warriors. Um, another person follow me around. Can you create your program for people who have other issues different from sexual self mastery? What if they just want self mastery? Eternal Warriors is the training system for people who just want self mastery. What are
0: some of the other issues that you're seeing?
1: Um, they don't usually make it to my office because I usually deal with the worst cases, okay. the most catastrophic. But Eternal Warriors attends to things like I want to be able to get up and get to the gym every day. I want to stop yelling at my kids. I want to um, stop caving in to somebody when they keep pressuring me in this type of situation. Gotcha. So uh, we use a term called lost battles for everybody. A lost battle is any time your behavior contradicts your value system. Gotcha. So we establish your value system. And then we draw the lines based on your value system and if you cross that line that's a lost battle so we train you to live up to your value system (coughs) for so for some people the lines are different so when people say stop making people do stuff against their value system I don't ever do that if a person is okay with a sexual liberal life I'm not gonna do therapy with them go ahead that's not a lost battle for you yeah yeah so and then mother oh mothers who know I can't skip that one um, one of the mothers of the Sons of human 10 years ago, she was in tears and she's all, okay, I get that I can't micromanage my son. I, can't, I get that I can't force him. Is there any other way I can participate and help? So we brainstormed some ideas and I says, can you just call the other moms and just make sure they're okay? Just see what they need. And Mothers Who Know now has 2,000 or more members of mothers whose sons have had issues. And every week she does a free training session on how to respond to your sons having issues. Or your children having issues. And she wrote a book called Mama Trauma. Okay, <laughs> the trauma of being a mother. Whoa, I didn't know my kids had this issue. Gotcha. Well, Tom
0: and I have been having just quite an adventure interviewing lots of folks from different elements of this community that we're forming called Eternal Core. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're, we're launching here in Utah. The, the, the community's not focused specifically on members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In fact, we've got speakers now coming in. We're talking to you from all over the country. But your program, uh, as we know, is one that's very specifically targeted. Um, right from the get-go, you decided to include God in your discussion. That's, that's, a, that's a rarity from what we're finding. But tell us about how you made that decision. to to move into a very open-faced, open approach to bringing God into the therapy
1: process. Okay, Um, it actually started many years. Um, I've been a therapist for 16, 17 years. Um, I've been studying psychology, and it started out, yes, for personal reasons, like I gotta get my own act together. And so in my early 20s, mid 20s, um, discovering you, you can't do legitimate psychological work without spiritual involvement. Yes. In fact, psych, in its original term is the spirit right. ology so psychology was supposed to be the study of the spirit all along interesting it's our scientists who've struggled with incorporating the two and since I, I, I couldn't find a way to do it correctly without spiritual involvement and I felt a calling if you will to serve uh, people of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, the one, one image I had was uh, if I was in great pain and struggling and I was walking down the street and I saw a Muslim or a Protestant or something like that uh, organization that created a beautiful training system and I went in there and I listened to it and I felt inspired by it and I felt motivated by it and I thought it could do something for me and then I says you know I would really use your program if you would just take your religion out of it and that was, would be ridiculous. Right. not to mention if you say that to someone outside of the LDS culture that's considered inappropriate yeah but it's totally okay to tell someone in the LDS culture to take their religion out of it isn't that interesting well oh, it's disturbing yeah <laughs> and so I made no effort people have asked me to water down my stuff my the like dragons did they fight book if you could just make it a little more uh, no that would just be disrespectful to the principles and then it wouldn't work and then say well now that you've watered it down, it doesn't work. So um, your system doesn't actually work. Well, it does work in its pure form. Gotcha. And so if I went to a Muslim person and they had learned how to use those principles in a way that was miraculous, then I would learn it the way they teach it. And so if, I cannot tell you how many people have learned how to apply these principles. like. I remember mothers that are in their fifties reading the like dragons book in its original form when it was specifically custom made for teenage boys going this has changed my life all I had to do is change a few pronouns and a few words in it and it fit me perfectly now the current edition we have made it more gender neutral we've had made it more um, self-mastery based instead of addiction based and so it's a little more palatable for someone who's looking at more broad issues but any reader who's learning it's not appropriate to water down the information. Is it possible
0: to get this electronic format? I understand there's like 10,000 copies have been out already. Is that oh, right? that's just
1: in the last... Well, 10,000 copies, I just updated it. It's, we're over 20,000 on paperback. But um, um, just last year, uh, we gave away over 10,000 um, electronic copies. Wow. I, I have no... So is
0: that sort of the, the entry point? You want them to read the book first? Yeah, or- yeah.
1: Okay. Well, it, it helps you decide. Um, if the book does not inspire you, then the rest of the training probably won't either. I see. It, it's, it's, it's carefully written. It's a, a team of us came together and carefully put it together right. Lots of inspiration, revelation, plenty of science behind it. If you want to fight with me about the science of it, because don't, it's not written for scientists. Sure. It's written for the layman. It's, I'm told it's written at an eighth grade level, so an eighth grader can understand it but if there's any part of it you go okay can you show me the science behind this yes if you want to sit down i can break it all down into very meticulous scientifically accurate principles but i'm not going to write it like that for an eighth grader sure
2: you, you're um... dealing with some very underserved populations in our general, and, and i love the fact of you know you're treating women of rebirth therapeutic healing and women who know I've seen those two areas being very underserved in my own practice mm-hmm. of 41 years. Uh, and it's wonderful to hear that you know, you're stepping up and really serving that population. Uh, because I think if you're treating men and boys and the women don't understand the process, the success would be diminished quite significantly. But if they understand it and Mm -hmm. understand those principles, I can see that as really creating a a wonderful familial therapeutic environment.
1: And sadly, we rarely will meet the sons and the husbands without the wives and the mothers sending them to us.
0: Is is that... In fact, is the moms usually, or wives, one of the first contacts?
1: Yes. Most of our outreach efforts are for the moms because the likelihood of a young man self-referring is about zero percent. Interesting. Yeah. And so, wow. we, we uh, send all of our literature out with the intent for the mothers to see it first. The mothers go over and say, son, I'm thinking da-da-da-da. We also try to make it palatable for um, for ecclesiastical leaders so they can feel that it won't contradict what they're trying to do with them that it's in harmony with what a spiritual leader would like their their people to learn. And so by getting those two in alliance, the husband and or the, the young man or the young woman or the adult woman, they're like, okay, it's time. It's time to get help. Yeah. Maurice,
2: I loved your concept of of the idea that if we get a job, we have to be trained. And I think so many people see sexuality as, you know, if if I do the right thing and if I keep the commandments and if I function along, then some magical way, it's just gonna kind of fall mm-hmm. in place, mm-hmm. but they don't have the experience of learning that process. So I, I love that idea because, you know, I've seen so many young men come to my office and they feel so broken. And when you help them realize that this is a process and they just need to learn a process you just see so much relief and they they walk out not in shame they walk out going oh i've just never learned this there there are structures just like learning how to drive a bus or or learning how to be a computer engineer it's not going to happen just because now that you're married or it's not gonna happen just because now you're back from a mission or you've turned 18 or 21 you need to learn these processes I love that idea
1: well you know as I looked more closely at the Book of Mormon itself and how it was written for our day and to resign ourselves that we are at war and to approach the this war as if what you do as a son of Helaman is you pray for protection and hope the Lamanites don't kill you Okay. yes there's a spiritual side to being a warrior you must have a connection with God Um, but then you have to go to boot camp to win the war you must understand your enemy you must understand the resources and weapons you have your hands on and then you must have appropriate well channeled ferocity which can sometimes be called determination but if you don't kick in the appropriate amount of aggressive <laughs> intent with skill, because there's nothing more embarrassing than a highly motivated athlete who has no skill.
0: Okay, it's <laughs> like, yeah.
1: wow, he's motivated, but he has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> okay, But psychological warfare must be trained. Okay, So yes, they need to be motivated. And sometimes when they're beat up and they're laying on the ground and they're bleeding, we have a motivating conversation. And there's plenty of that to go around. And then we do paradigm shifts. Oh, now I see it differently. Now I see it differently. But watching someone hit a 90 mile an hour curveball and going, oh, that's how it's done, doesn't mean you can now do it. Right. Okay? And so we do drills and drills and drills and drills and drills and more drills and more scenarios and more drills. And the guys are all, can, do we have to keep doing this? I'm all, would you tell that to your football coach? Coach, do we have to keep doing this? <laughs> no, you can sit on the bench. Okay? And when you're dealing with, it's it's a little more challenging with the youth because they don't have crying wives today. Okay, so we have to help them uh, be aware that that can happen. With the adult men, it's really easy to tell stories of. So whose wife cried this week?
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Okay, who who wasn't able to make it this week? So yes, thank you to all those who are trying to motivate through inspiration. Thank you to all those who tell their youth how ruined their life is going to be if they don't get it fixed. But telling the person that people are going to die if you're not motivated to be a soldier mm-hmm. isn't adequate. Yeah. They have to be trained. And mm. reading is not adequate. Yeah. yeah, there's just been learning and, and doing. Thank you. Maurice, and this
2: doing. has been so wonderful. We really appreciate you taking the time and coming down and visiting with us today. We've, we've learned some great things and uh, we hope that people will contact you and get the help that is appropriate. And we appreciate your willingness to be involved today with us. Everybody, this is uh, Tom Harrison and Ken Krogh.
0: We've got Maurice Harker here from Life Changing Services. He'll be joining us as a speaker at Eternal Core, March 29th and 30th at the Little America Hotel. Uh, as you can see, we've got quite a, quite a crew starting to shape up here. We're very excited. We're, we're excited about your program, some of the neat things you've been able to accomplish. Hopefully we can get you back on the, the program again soon. Very good. Thanks.